I just don't know if I've got enough to make it another day. You find yourself wishing we could just plug into a battery charger. You ever felt that way? You could just go plug in for a while and stay there overnight and come up recharged and energized. Have you ever asked yourself, where am I going to get the courage and the strength to face day-to-day living? And to face the challenges and the uncertainties of tomorrow? Those are questions that people want answers for. We live in a very complex world. We live in a very difficult world. It's not easy to keep going today. And our world is filled with all kinds of philosophies and ideas of how you can make it another day. How you can get by another day. Problem with them is they're shallow. They don't last. And in the end, they're never really that helpful. If you ask yourself, how do I become a stable, confident individual when it seems like things around me are crumbling? Everything's so uncertain today. Our jobs are uncertain. The economy's uncertain. Our world is uncertain. Oftentimes our relationships are uncertain. Our marriages are uncertain. And there just seems to be a lot of instability in our lives today. The answer for stability is God. As Nikki sang in her song this morning, God is always there for you. God is the one sure thing in life. He is the ultimate source of everything you need in life. Joy, happiness, peace, strength, courage, vitality, vibrance. God is the answer Himself. He's always reliable. And everything He ever promised, He'll do. He'll never let you down. He'll never walk out on you. He'll never leave you to yourself. And His desire is to fill your life with living energy. I would like to read a passage to you this morning. I have Psalm 46. It's one of my favorite passages in all all the Bible. I go to it on a regular basis, sometimes on a daily basis. And it says this, God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore I will not fear though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Have you ever felt like you're on unsteady ground? It just seems like everything's kind of shaky, topsy-turvy. I don't know about you, but I have those things in my life. I woke up Monday, uh, well, last weekend was a wedding. So I had, Saturday was all preparing for that and and then Sunday night was the wedding and there was a big dance after that. I got home about 2 in the morning and got up to share the next morning and Sunday was absolutely swamped Sunday and woke up Monday was absolutely swamped Monday and Tuesday was the only day out of the entire week that I was going to be able to prepare for another wedding this weekend in Iowa and for a myriad of other things that I had to do on my list. So I got up early in the morning I got my oil changed by 7 o'clock in the morning. Got my new oil filter in, my new air filter in, my new breather element filter in. And my sweet wife comes out and says, Honey, the waterbed has a leak. Now that is not what I wanted to hear on this particular day. I don't like waterbeds to begin with. And leaks are just a bummer. Especially when they're on the bottom. And I thought, okay, control, just, just control. And God's got this all taken care of. So I went back and got the hose, wiped all the mud off the garden hose, bring it in, hook it up, think, all right, just drain the thing. I'm throwing it away. I'm not even messing with it. This water bin has been nothing but a hassle. It goes. 
So I get the water bed all uh, hooked up and I'm draining it and I go out and start to work. Dad, Dad, come on in the sink, you know, overflow. And I go in and the sink was clogged and water's going all over the bathroom. That is the second thing I didn't need to have happen that day. <laughs> I was unsettled. So I turn the faucet and I look down, there's a toothbrush stuck down in there. You know, a toothpaste cap. So I get the hanger and I, and I get them out and I think, great, you know, Mark, fix it all. I, I handle that one. So I fill it back up, go back out to do what I'm doing. Dad, Dad, it's flooding over again. I have one wrench to my name, a vice grip. Just happen to be big enough to undo these pipes. I can do it yourself, but I've never really had the tolerance, you know, to do it yourself. So I'm taking the pipe apart and the trap's all clean and I take this hanger and I ram it down and plumbing is not my thing, I got to tell you, I, I hate plumbing. And the black gunk from the netherworld begins coming out of my pipe, covering my hands and I hate the stuff and hairballs and, and junk and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't know what it takes to shake up your world, but that shakes up my world. I could not believe it. I worked in that thing for an hour. In the meantime, I had it draining in the kitchen sink, the waterbed. I'm cleaning this thing out, and I get it back together, and it's still clogged. I take it back apart, ram the hanger down, then twist it and twist it and twist it. It's getting all over my clothes and all over the carpet, you know. And Finally, I get it back together, and it drains just beautiful, except for the drip, 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 drip of the pipe. I could not believe it. Now the pipe was leaking. So I take it apart and I put it back together. Drip, 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 drip. It leaked worse. So I take it apart, put it back together, and tighten that baby down. Drip, 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 drip. I tighten it down. Drip, 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 drip. And then I couldn't get it apart. And I... <laughs> now I have to call a plumber for 52 bucks to fix this thing that I could have fixed. Oh my goodness. I went in the bedroom and I sat on the edge of the bed and thought, Lord, just take me now. Just, just take me. Just like Elijah, you know, under the broom tree. Okay, Lord, that's all. This week, my day, you know, my morning spent. Uh, God, you know, like he had to have a talk with Elijah. He said, Mark, hey, Mark, now listen. You're not, not that serious, you know. Oh, Lord, you don't know how serious this is. I had so many things to do today and I got a meeting tonight. And, and I came to this verse. And I thought about it. I thought about it. God is my refuge and strength. The New American Standard says, abundantly available for help in tight places. That's how I felt, between a rock and a hard place. And I thought, boy, you know, now God says here that if my world falls apart, my plumbing falls apart, my waterbed falls apart, and see, I didn't have time to get a different bed anyway. I haven't had a bed for five days. There's just been so many other things going on. So I thought, okay, this is a good time to claim this verse. God, you be my strength. I need you to be my strength, my source right now. I need your help because i got a whole day left and I've got to use this time. I can't be thinking about this or the frustrations of it or anything else. I've got to go on through my day. And I've got new life tonight. And tomorrow, Brent and I are taking off for two days. We've got a lot of things to do. And Friday, I'm leaving for Iowa. And my little boy's been sick. And just all kinds of things going on around us. See, they don't always have to be the big things. Sometimes I think when people think I talk about these things, they think, wow, Mark, you're talking about heavy things. You know, uh, uh, your father dies and your wife leaves you and your job, you go bankrupt. And Well, those kind of things happen to people. But this relates to everything in life. The clogged drains, the leaky waterbed, the car that you have to take in and get repaired. You see, God, nothing is too big or small for God. He's interested in everything. And I would like to talk with you this morning about two basic steps 
for gaining inner strength. The first one is rather obvious. You've got to get God in your life. Okay, think about that for a minute. If you're going to have inner strength, and if inner strength comes from God, then you've got to get God in your life. God is not automatically in our lives. That's the misconception that we have today. God is not all around us in the air and the birds and the trees and He lives in all of us. He's not. God is rather exclusive where He lives. He only lives where He's been invited to. He only comes where He's been asked. He does not intrude. He is not rude. He is very polite. And God wants to get involved in your life. Before you're going to be able to have inner strength, you need Him personally in your life. How do you do that? Through Christ. The whole reason Jesus Christ came is because He is God. That's who God is. God is Jesus. And He came because we had a desperate need for Him. I don't think it takes a lot to look around, look at our life and ask yourself, are we needy? Do we need help? I don't know about you, but I do. I'm sure you can relate to that. Our need for strength, our need for real lasting joy, our need for comfort, our need for help with the habits that we never seem to be able to break, our need for strong relationships in a successful marriage. And we need Him desperately in our life. He is the source of inner strength. The way you get Him is to ask. It's to ask Him. It's say, Jesus, I want You in my life. I need the strength that You can offer. I need the security that You can give, not only for now, but for the hereafter. You see? Strength to face the hereafter. Strength to face the grave. Because we know, and You've settled, that my eternity is going to be with Him. That's the first step. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever comes to me will never perish, but have life. In fact, Jesus said, what your life will be like is like a river of abundant living welling up inside of you. That's what it means to have God. You see, God is the source of life. He's the source of strength, the source of love. And all those things are in Him. And without Him, you'll never experience those things and you can never have those things. But if you want those things, all you have to do is ask Him into your life. And all of those things are a byproduct of having Him. Now that's the first step. The second basic step, after you've taken the first step, is a commitment to know, to love, and to pursue God. A commitment to know God, to love God, and to pursue God. This relationship is very much like marriage. Man meets woman. They fall in love. Man asks woman, would you marry me? She has to make a decision, just like we do for Christ. She has to decide, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this man? She decides yes. We decide yes for Christ. They're married. It's settled. It's sealed. They're one. The same as when we come to know Christ. The difference is maybe in marriage your mate might leave. God does not. With God it's permanent. But once you're married, that's only the beginning. If you do not maintain a commitment to pursue one another, to love one another, to develop your relationship, there will be no vibrance to the marriage and it becomes weak. And the fibers weaken. And pretty soon you don't know the person you live with. You know the same is true with God. You see, God, you don't have to wonder, I wonder if God's committed to me. He's committed to you. He'll always stay committed to you. The question is, will you pursue Him? 
Will you love Him? And will you follow Him? And want to know Him? That's the crucial question. If you want to enter strength in your life, you must say yes to that question. And then there are five things that I'm going to give you practically to do that will ensure that you will become a strong individual filled with living energy, vitality, and a vibrance for life. The first one, I'd like to read Psalm 84, verse 1 to you. The first point is spending time with Him. You've noticed as I've gone through improving your spiritual health, there's been certain things I've hit on over and over again. And I'll repeat myself here till I go to the grave. You must spend time with Him. It's interesting as I was in Iowa this week, this last weekend, I was reminiscing with a friend. I, I lived there, spent nine wonderful, enriching years in Ames, Iowa. My spiritual heritage is in that little city. And there was a place that I used to go called Brookside Park where I used to go to recharge my battery to spend time with God. And it was in the back of the park of this old stone, roughed out kind of cabin. And I used to go back there because no one ever came back there. And I would pace that stone floor and, and talk to God and spend time with Him. I was visiting with a friend who told me that just recently as we were talking about this, that one of the professors of journalism at Iowa State went back to that place, took a gun, and shot himself in the head. I thought, isn't it interesting, the place that I went for a source of life to spend time with my Savior, he went to end his. Life has so many pressures. We desperately need a source of strength in our lives. Many of us in this room would not be what we consider suicidal. But what I want to ask you, is your life like a life-giving tree filled with greenery and fruit? Or is it like the tree when you drive down the highway and you see it there and it's barren? It just stands out, the bark's fallen off, it hasn't fallen over yet, but it's just there, lifeless, dry, and the branches are empty, but it stands there. Personally, I think nothing is more depressing than to drive down to see a tree like that. Somebody ought to just chop it down. You know, get it out of the view of all the beauty. And today, that's often how we live our life. Without a sense of vitality and vibrance to our life. We simply make it through from day to day. God wants so much more for you than that. David says in Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord! My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Just as a baby cries out for food, God, when you come to know Him, puts a hunger in your life that cries out for Him. He Himself is the satisfaction of all of your desires. Did you know that? Not just the things that He gives to you, but He Himself is the satisfaction of your very life. Then David says in verse 10, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in tents of the wicked. I want to ask you a question. Let's put this in today's language. You're stressed out, frustrated, overwhelmed with life. You feel no strength. You feel weakened. What would you rather do? Spend a day with God or 1,000 paid holidays on the beach of Hawaii sipping pina colada and soaking in the rays and playing on the beach. Now you think about that real seriously. 
You see what this man is saying here? He's saying that it is more invigorating for me to spend one day with God than a thousand anywhere else. If you understand who God is, you would understand that that's very true. Hawaii has nothing to offer compared to what time with God does to your life. He invigorates your life. He revives your life and renews your life and infuses energy into your being. You know, in the 13 years that I've known the Lord and, and I'm trying to grow in the Lord, I've experienced this from time to time in my life where just a simple hour with Him or five or a day is better than anything else I could have done. Often I've gone to the Lord thinking in my mind, boy, would it be nice to uh, just, you know, get away for a while. And, and I have a friend who every year he gets to go a couple months to a yacht on Lake Superior and just lives there meditating and spending time with his family and I think, boy, yeah, that'd be kind of nice to do. Then I remember this verse, that one day with my God is better than a thousand anywhere else doing anything else. And that to be a doorkeeper in God's house is better than to be in lifestyles in the rich and famous. I mean, which would you rather have? Joan Collins' mansion? Or be a doorkeeper in God's house? You see, our society has all kinds of other answers, but God Himself is the source of life. In energy. You spend time with Him. Get away and spend time, whether it's in your garage, your basement, apart, in your living room, in your car. One practical thing to spending time with Him is this book. I've told you this before. I'll say it again. This book is your lifeline to God. This book is not a textbook. This book is living communication from God. This is the communication of God to you and I. And it's alive. This book is not a dead book. This book lives. Its words live. Its words actually impart living energy to your life. I know. I've tried it 13 years of my life. It imparts life. Because it's living. It is God's word. And God says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words won't ever. You need to make a commitment to spend time in this book. Regularly. If you want direction and answers for life, if you want sustenance and encouragement, it comes from this book. The third thing is you need to make sure that you take time to go to God in the good times and the bad. Go to Him. Pour out your heart to Him. We've talked about that before. Spend time cultivating, knowing Him, interacting with Him, telling Him the very deep things that are on your heart. Share with Him your joys, just like you would have made if you're going to cultivate your relationship with Him. The fourth is practice praise. I think this is probably the most seldom thing done today in Christianity. Practicing praise. Thanking Him for who He is. The sun that we got this morning came from Him. The rain that's been making everything green this year came from Him. The heart that you have, the lungs, the air that you breathe came from Him. Your life with Him in eternity and your life now came from Him. Your family came from Him. And how invigorating it is to just simply adore Him and praise Him and thank Him and worship Him. You know, but we get embarrassed to do that. But we do it with one another. How enjoyable it is to be in a marriage or in a relationship where there's always good things being said to one another. And how draining it is to be in a relationship where everything's always bad and you're always downgrading the other individual. Well, you know, with God, there is nothing bad about God, but it's that so often we don't focus on Him and the good in God. You need to learn to practice praise. Psalm 147 says how good and pleasant it is to sing praises to God. 
to sing praises to His name, it's pleasant and it's becoming. It will invigorate your life. As you take time privately to go and sing songs to Him. Why should it seem so strange? Almost every song on the radio is a love song to anybody out there listening. Why do we think it's strange to sing a love song to our God if He is your God? You will reap the reward of renewed strength and vitality in your life. If you don't, you alone will suffer for it. The last thing is found in Matthew 7. Out of all that I've shared with you this morning, this one is the most important. If you're going to get any, you want to get this one this morning. You don't ever want to forget it. It's Matthew 7, 24, and it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. What is this a picture of? It's a picture of strength and weakness. Obedience brings about strength. Strength comes through obedience. You will not be a strong individual and you will not gain inner strength and vitality in your life if you live disobeying God. Boy, that's a hard one to swallow, isn't it? But I'll tell you the secret. You and I are going to have the same things in life happen to us. Every one of us in this room are going to have tragedy, trauma, difficulty, the daily irritations of life. What will make or break you or I is wholly dependent on whether or not you are wise enough to listen to Jesus and do what He says. If you do not, your life will be a disaster. That's the one guarantee you can have in life. The other is that you'll have stability, strength, and vitality for living. Everything God has had to tell you in His book is for your good, not His. It's for yours. The irony of this is that everything I've told you this morning about inner strength, spending time with Him, praising Him, reading His Word, running to Him in times of refuge. You want to know a little secret? Those are all commands. They're not options. They're commands. If you do them, you will experience tremendous strength and stability in your life. And even in those times when your feathers get ruffled, you'll have what I call bounce back ability. You'll be able to bounce back. We're never immune. I'm not immune from the irritations of life or from the disasters of life. But I'll tell you one thing. If it wasn't for God being the source of my strength, and if it wasn't for a regular commitment to pursue Him, to know Him, to love Him, I would be a basket case. I would have quit a long time ago in life. I would have hung it up and moved to Alaska. God is the source of your strength. You cultivate your relationship with Him. You invite Him in your life, and your life will change. I want to invite you back next week. Brent will be starting a new series, What You Need to Succeed. And I guarantee you, you'll learn some things in your life that will change the way you look at life and the degree of success that you experience in your life. 